This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a delight and a privilege to be with you. And hopefully you were with us earlier this week as we started on a theme that we started a few weeks ago, and that is intimacy with God, being aware of His presence with us all the time, that if we seek Him for every decision we have to make in life, the major ones and the minor ones, we will be one with Him and we'll come to that place of knowing what His choices would be. And that's what we're talking about this week, the choices that we have to make. And we're looking, and I want to read these verses to you, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill-treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. So we're pointing out that to every decision... It's really a crossroads in our life. We're going to say yes or no. And that's what God requires because God says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Isn't that true, Junie? Yes, it is, Shelley. And we see in Hebrews 11 in chapter 20, in chapter 11, verse 23, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw He was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And we've been also talking this week about the fear of God, how that's the beginning of wisdom, that Moses' parents feared God, and they saw that Moses was a beautiful child, and they didn't obey the edict of the king. And deep within, I wonder if Moses' parents somehow knew that he would be the deliverer, and the mother put him aside to spare his life. Yes, Junie, that's a a tremendous link, and it's it's an encouragement to parents to choose the ways of God, trusting that they could pass on something to their children. So uh, earlier in the week, we spoke about what Moses refused, what he said no to, and yesterday we spoke about what he said yes to. In verse 25, he said yes to being available to suffer the affliction of being with God's people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And you know, Junie, we've got to stop there. And we know that that's not a natural 
uh, choice. That's not something that we would choose on a very natural or human level. So the question we need to ask, how could Moses make such a choice? He sought, and here's the reason I believe, he sought to please God rather than to please himself. And Junie, we've been pointing this out all week because it's essential. If we have been called by God, we've been called to bring pleasure to the Most High God. And one of the ways that we can easily and quickly bring pleasure to the heart of God is by allowing His choices to become our choices. Listen to this word from Philippians 2, verse 13, which I really believe gives us that biblical basis for understanding that, and we can understand why Moses lived that way, even before, of course, it was written in the New Covenant. Philippians 2, verse 13 says, "It It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Junie, what a word that is. What an incentive it is, because he created all things for his own pleasure. And the last of his creation was man and woman. And we have been called to live a life that delights the heart of God. And we cannot make the decisions or make the choices that Moses did unless we allow God to work in our lives. It is God who is at work in you. But if we don't obey, we're, we're limiting God from working to his pleasure in our lives. We cannot make such choices unless we allow God to work in our lives, unless we call upon him to be our guide so we can do for his good pleasure. And you know what? It's the same thing, Junie, in, in another portion of Philippians. It's Moses living out what Paul wrote in chapter 3, verse 7. But whatsoever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of the Messiah. Junie, this is a call to every one of us who calls upon the name of the Lord. This is how we are to live, to bring glory and pleasure to the heart of God. And it really is a question of faith. We're really talking about the faith. And when you hear a faith message, you usually think of victory. You usually think of um, triumph. You usually think of being healed. You usually think of an answer to prayer. And I want to read from the chapter of faith because Moses chose to suffer the affliction with God's people rather than choosing the sin, the passing sin and the pleasure of that passing sin for a season. And we've been reading from chapter 11, which is the uh, chapter of faith. And I would like to start at verse 37 in chapter 11. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these have gained approval through their faith. They did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So it's a whole other concept of faith. In other words, 
in gaining approval, it was through believing God. And that really goes back to Abraham, who didn't see the promise. Yes, As a matter of fact, even today, how many thousands of years later have we experienced or seen the promise that God gave to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob? But it will be seen because we believe what God says is true. So if you're being ill-treated, if you're being afflicted, if your prayers aren't being answered and you really love the Lord and you're trying to serve him, you need to ask him, Lord, is this for your glory? Because in a very real way, the deliverer will come. And he will deliver the people of Israel out of Zion. And we haven't seen that yet, but we will see it one day. And we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore do not lose heart, but though our, our, our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison, while we look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And isn't that really the faith, Shelley? Isn't that really the truth that when the disciples looked at Jesus on the cross, they thought their Messiah the one that they thought would be the ruler and bring peace to the earth and to Jerusalem and to our Jewish people, it was over. But the truth of the matter was, what was unseen was that it was the greatest victory this world has ever seen on that cross because Jesus became a curse for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He didn't just die He was resurrected and has given new life to you and to me. Amen. Junie, I can't uh, let uh, a comment go by regarding uh, that portion of Scripture from 2 Corinthians 4. Momentary light afflictions. These were monumental disasters in the life of Paul. It was being shipwrecked. It was being persecuted. It was being given up for dead. It was being imprisoned and beaten for his stance on the Messiah Jesus. And these are called momentary light afflictions. This is what's... We have to come to that place of being willing to go through hardships, affliction, in order to have the eternal rewards that God has in store for us. And one more thing I think of, Junie, as you were reading that, I really realized that the examples of what Paul wrote and what Jesus said in the New Covenant are all seen in the Hebrew Scriptures. Moses lived it out. Joseph lived it out. And here we see that the word is true, that everything written in the Old Testament is for our instructions. Living examples, as well as, of course, the ones in the New Testament. But we see the foundation of what so much was written in the New Testament right there in the Hebrew Scriptures dealing with the people of Israel. And this gospel is Paul's gospel. Yes. But the American gospel is be a winner. Yes. Proclaim it. Have a big church. Have a prosperous business. Have a lot of money. And be successful. But that wasn't Paul's gospel. That's right. Paul's gospel was to be obedient 
and faithful to the Lord. And if that brought in wealth yes. or that brought in um, success as the world would look at it, praise the Lord for it. But it doesn't mean any less that if one walks by faith and in this world looks like a loser and he's trusting God, he is the greatest winner with the greatest prize. Yes, for Lord. he's living for the reward that he cannot see. He's living for eternal things. He's living to do the will of God. And nothing, nothing in this earth can bring shalom, that peace to the soul of man Hallelujah. when we live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And it starts by refusing, refusing even what's accepted in the church world in America today, that we want no part of it. Again, you can't deny this, that if you really want to be a disciple of the Lord, we must deny ourselves, take up a cross, and follow Him. That is the true gospel, and it's the gospel of that kingdom that must go to the uttermost parts of the world before Jesus returns. And it fills one's heart with joy, yes, not with yes. sorrow. It brings peace, not distress. Yes. So if your heart is filled with distress and you don't have peace, turn to the Holy One even now. We thank you, Lord. We thank Jesus, you that your life brings Holy peace. One. Your life brings yes. joy. Yes. Your life, my God, settles the soul and blesses those who follow you. you. We thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784. Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.